What's up, y'all? This is Troy, lead singer of And the Hero Prevails. We are currently on the search for our next drummer. If you think you got what it takes, if you want to audition, please send me a message, send a band a message, find us on Instagram at And the Hero Prevails. Find us on Facebook, just search up And the Hero Prevails. Uh, we're looking for somebody, anybody, somebody good, somebody with an open mind, and somebody ready to go all over the world. Uh, yeah. And on to the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of The Fiends Podcast. I am your host, Larry, and I am joined by my longtime best friend of over 20 years. Everybody give it up for my co-host, Nick. What's up? I'm back. No impressions. No, yeah. I've been waiting all day. Like, are there impressions? If this is your first time listening to the show, we are one half of the South Texas metal band Fiends. If you want to check out our music, we have two EPs out, Nervous Shrek and Witch House, and you can find those on all major streaming platforms. Quick reminder where you can find us on social media. That's facebook.com slash the fiends podcast, Instagram at the fiends podcast, and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fiends TX. You can find the video version of this podcast posted there every Friday, or you can listen to the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. All right, so we are back on the podcast for episode 26, and we are coming... 26. For all you uh, Latin people for out there. You for all your Latinos. 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 Uh, Mexican-American. Mexican-Americans are named Chata and Chela and Chema and have a son-in-law named Jeff. So we're actually coming off a pretty lengthy hiatus, at least lengthy for us. I think we were gone for maybe about two months and... In that time, uh, we were able to kind of uh, recharge the batteries and kind of... Uh, it, it really makes you miss what you had. Yeah. And, you know, the longer you stay away, the more time you give to other people to come in and steal all your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a story for another time. But really, um, we were able to kind of like think about what we wanted to do with this podcast going forward. And if this is something that we wanted to continue. And I think we... We realized very quickly, like, nah, this is fun, and we want to get back to it as soon as possible. So, mm-hmm. uh, we're here. Also, in that time, Nick uh, had his second child, a beautiful baby boy. So, uh, congrats to him. Thank you, everybody. Dad of two now. Dad so, two. Uh, I did not have a kid. Larry did not have a kid, but he is uh, looking to have to have to practice uh, practice to have kids so children. so if um, you are if you are, lo- if ready, you are interested and able you can hit him up on his personal page or the fiends uh, band page or the fiends podcast yeah i will also be taking messages for him on on my behalf actually uh so uh sidebar real quick and then we'll get on to bigger and better things you're familiar with a24 right They've put out like a bunch of like artsy horror movies. Okay. Uh, I want to say they put out stuff like um, Midsummer and like. Oh, Planetary it was them. Okay. Or, mm-hmm. Like other movies that mm-hmm. you've definitely have seen. Uh, anyway, they put out a trailer for a movie called Lamb, and they put out like like the 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 movie poster, and it's some like foreign Icelandic woman, and she's holding a, a baby lamb, and the tagline is is 
mother over nature so like already you could tell like this is gonna be some like um psychological like thriller artsy mm -hmm. fucked up movie and so they put out the trailer and there's this like icelandic couple and they're raising this baby lamb and they're like sheep herders also and so you have the, these very nefarious looking like devious goats you know they're like up to something these like evil like they were on the cover of iowa yes wow. exactly I was just in good way to tie this in <laughs> yeah so they look like they're they're like do not approve that this family is taking care of this like baby lamb and then like there's one specific scene in the trailer where like the the reveal and it kind of gives away like the the a big plot of the movie is like the dad's like he's holding the hand of what looks to be like a little boy but it's the the lamb so it's like half lamb half like humanoid oh my gosh and i am disturbed oh, wow. Just by you telling me this fucking like, plot, dude. And so anyway, I was like, that's that that probably happened to me. Like me and my 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 future wife were probably gonna raise like some weird lamb human kid thing. And I'm gonna tell you and you're gonna be like, What the fuck? And I'll be like, dude, don't don't judge. Don't, don't judge. Don't talk that's, about that's my son. That's my son. And I really want you to meet him. <laughs> this is my son, Lamb Chop. Yeah, it's Lamb Chop's Join the kids and play along. Anyway, so um, that's what that reminded me of. That's probably uh, what my life is going to look like in five years. Probably. As I mentioned, let's move on to bigger and better things because we have a special guest here with us today. This is a guy that's been in the music scene for 10 plus years. Uh, I want to say he started around the same time that we started. And he's mm -hmm. his band is one of the few bands that is still going strong to this day that's kind of from that 2009-2010 era of bands and you just don't see that mm -mm, uh, not at uh, all. nowadays i mean i could think us obviously um uh, okay robot o october roar comes to mind yeah so and and you know with the exception of us everybody else kept their same names and just kept getting bigger and better which is pretty cool you know so yeah and i think that's a testament to just the the dedication the passion and the hard work from um this band so uh without further ado everybody welcome to the show this week he is the vocalist of the band and the hero prevails troy fonseca yeah what's up everybody that was pretty good that, that was, was good, good yeah that was awesome thanks for that awesome introduction man. i've actually been really looking forward to this episode with you because we when we first started this podcast and started recording people we knew that we were going to get you on because right we, we wanted to pick your brain about some stuff. Awesome. But also, I mean, anybody who doesn't know your band should go and know your band now. Right. And on. so when um, I first started, I, I was like, dude, I got to get on this. Oh yeah, I no, we, we were gonna we, we were like we got to get Troy on. So awesome, um, we, so we knew that our first episode back, we wanted to get somebody you know pretty big, and so you were the first on the list. So thank you for coming. Shoot, thank you for having me, man. I'm so grateful for this. Thank you guys. Um. So introduction aside, unfortunately, I really wanted to start this on a very like positive note and everything. But um, we're as we're recording this, um, it's a pretty big week in the world of rock and metal because just a few days ago um, we were hit by the untimely death and passing of um, Joey Jordison. I believe he was age. 46 46 mm -hmm. 46 46 one of the founding members of slipknot um one of the most prolific drummers in in metal in general changed the game man um mm -hmm. 
and actually um nick is the one who broke the news to me i think i i i i got home and i took a nap for like an hour and in that span of an hour like that was announced and it totally like caught me off guard and and it didn't really hit me for like a couple days it's only now that it's really starting to set in for me so like what was that like for you guys to 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 hear uh about the news uh i was shocked for sure the dude's you know not even 50 yet and he's you know the news broke i mean shoot man i was I was up on the first Slipknot album when it came out. I was lucky to have a cousin who was into new metal mm-hmm. and corn and, and Deftones, Limp Bizkit. And when Slipknot came out in 99, I remember he, uh, my cousin Gabriel, shout out my cousin Gabriel. He had the album on, he had it on CD. I was a kid, man. What was I seven, eight years old? And he showed me the booklet and I was freaked, man. Yeah. Like my, you know, it, uh, and then I just, I loved Slipknot, man, from the jump. And I, my mom would drive me to, to school in La Feria and I would have their first CD burned on a CD player <laughs> listening to that and my mom had no clue I was listening to heavy metal and but uh honestly yeah I was so Slipknot my gosh dude and just you know Joey passing that it it didn't like I said like you said it didn't really hit like right away I was just like what and then and then later on in the day you know heard some Slipknot and I was like damn like this band really just changed the whole world like the impact that Joey had, you know, it's yeah. it's it's legendary, you know. Yeah. Rest in peace and, you know, condolences to him, his family and yeah. everyone in the Slipknot camp and everyone affected by this, you know. That, that's yeah. what I was I was going to say real quick. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, were were you did you get into Slipknot when they first came out? Because everybody's different. That's a, such a big gateway band for so many people. There's people jumping in in Iowa. There's people jumping in South Tyler. There's people jumping in in Volume Three. Jumped in on Volume Three. I noticed that a one lot for of sure. people did. A lot of people did. Their biggest hits, I think, were from that album. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a it's a it's a gener it's a generational thing with that oh, band. Yeah. They've been around for so long that like there's so many different variations. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Nick, what about you? What was like the first time you remember listening to Slipknot? I was actually, um, it was in between self-titled and Iowa, so Iowa hadn't even come out yet. And believe it or not, of all places, I was at a church retreat. <laughs> and, and so one of the people there put on Slipknot self-titled. No way. And um, they were skipping through songs and the stopped on... I think say. Well, they, 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 they listened to a little bit of that, then they went to track four, which is Wait and Bleed. So Wait and Bleed was the first song I heard, and I was like, this, what, this is fucking awesome. I didn't even like hear anything else. Like That same day, I asked my mom to take me to the store to buy the CD. And nice. I went, bought it, and so I started from the beginning. And then I'll never forget the first time I heard like the intro in its entirety go into Sick. drum part at the beginning is just the hardest fucking thing you know dude like growing up kids like power rangers you know x-men that wasn't for me slipknot was my thing was those guys were my superheroes nice you know so you know the passing of paul gray a few years ago and then the passing of joey who was like my second favorite member of the band really hit me and um you know dude because if, if you i mean unfortunately you didn't know me as a kid but you did i mean Going into my house in my room, my fucking house was covered with my room was covered with Slipknot. Wow! Like you know, and then nice. I still remember my mom taking me to the store the day Iowa came out, 
And um, I'll never forget that day, dude. That's, man. Yeah. Got an awesome I mean, mom, dude. Dude, yeah, my mom and dad were told. <laughs> dude, I begged my dad to take me to go to Ozfest to go see Slipknot. And that was before Iowa came out. And Ooh. he was he, he fucking took me, dude. No. Yeah. Let's go. That's yeah. what's up, man. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty bummed about it. That's that's the funny thing that I feel like we need to remind people, at least for us. Because, like, Troy, I think you're maybe a year younger than us. So we're all in the same age range. We all, I think, come from similar backgrounds. But, like, yeah, like, we were listening to this stuff when we were eight, when we were nine years old. Yeah. I mean, there's there's kids that are barely getting into music when they're like 13, 14. That's when they discover it. And that's weird to me because we discovered it at such an early age. So it it uh, I, I forget that, you know. Yeah, he had the posters. We would get the, the pictures from Circus Magazine, put them in our uh, uh, laminate binders and carry that around like badges of honors like oh Hell. yeah this is Corey taylor this is joey jordison yeah, this dude. is like mick thompson every i would always tell everybody like anybody who had a, you know how the mormons go door to door i would be like hey you have a moment to talk about slipknot and i would just talk to <laughs> our random people <laughs> uh, joey jordison was like my first favorite drummer i think he was like a lot of people's favorite drummer at at one point right on i think i saw a, a tweet from jamie jossa and he basically said that like he introduced the blast beat to the mainstream. It's true, man. I saw that tweet also. It's uh, true. I mean, people equal shit, you know, just like blast beats to people who would probably never even heard blast beats before. And his drumming to me was just a mixture of, all these different styles. It was a little bit of death metal drumming. It was a little bit of thrash drumming. It was a little bit of that new metal groove drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he didn't play it, but like uh, on on Eyeless, they they start with the the sample that breakbeat drumming. That that epitomizes like that this band was just like bringing in all these different styles percussion stuff percussion drumming that like i had never heard before and so um yeah or just even thinking about like you know he would leave the band at a certain point and then you know jay weinberg perfect replacement he's a great drummer in his own right but look at he was raised on joey jordison joey oh yeah so naturally his style is almost identical to Joey Jordison. Mm-hmm. And that's something I always I always um, thought about uh, Joey Jordison's drumming is that I feel like nobody ever tried to duplicate or replicate what he was doing because you would know immediately that's Joey Jordison's style. That's his own. He right. invented his own style. So you never see, any, at least I don't, hear anybody try to mimic that because right away you'd be like, you know, they're just copying Joey Jordison. But at least, you know, in Slipknot now, like, yeah, he's keeping the spirit of Joey Jordison alive by kind of uh, playing a lot of the same stuff that that you'd probably hear Joey playing if he was still in the band. For sure. Yeah, definitely um, one of the most important drummers for the genre and it's just it's fucking sad yeah super man celebrity or 
specifically musician deaths like um is there any that come to mind that hit you pretty hard pretty uh, significantly that you can think of like yeah man there's been quite a few for sure um i think the one that hit the hardest was uh chester Mm -hmm. um yeah dude i had just worked a 12-hour shift at a prison in la villa i used to work at a prison for a couple years i was a guard and i worked an overnight shift i came home and showered and same old routine shit and uh crashed out i crashed out in 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 another room instead of the room where my wife and baby were was uh you know not to wake them up we would do that right i would mm-hmm. just come home because i came home at five six in the morning mm-hmm. they didn't wake up till eight or nine uh i wake up you know it's one or two in the afternoon and my wife wakes me up and like and i just something was on her face man i was like dude what like what happened she's like did you hear did you hear i was like what so I was like, dude, Chester died. I was like, oh, dude, it just like a bolt of lightning just hit me. It was like, oh, my God, no way. It was a, it was um, a trip, man. Like I I wore an, a Lincoln Park shirt that same day I had work again. I wore a Lincoln Park shirt underneath my uniform. And I remember um, hugging my dad mm-hmm. really hard. Um, you know, he, he bought me those Lincoln Park albums back dude. in the day and. Yeah, you know how I told you that I, crazy. I begged my dad to take me to Ozfest to see Slipknot. Well, Lincoln Park played there too that Ooh. same day, and that was right when you know I I had we bought Hybrid Theory, and my dad like listened to it. And he's like, "This is awesome." And I told him they're gonna be at Ozfest too, and that was what sealed the deal. He was like, "For him, yeah." He was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna go." <laughs> so, Let's go. So I mean, I dude, we all grew up with those bands, man. Mm. So I mean, I was really hurt when when he died and. You know, I remember I was in Harlingen when I found out, and I got on my car to drive back to Edinburgh, and I, I didn't even listen to Hybrid Theory, Meteor, and I listened to the last album. Um, that was the first one I heard too after he died. The, I, one I, more light. Yeah, I went and I listened to that. I, I listened to Heavy because I think it was a good song, uh-huh. and I just let I let that album play, man. Um, you know, listen to One More Light. And I was just like, like uh, I, you know, it was just it was my sending off party. You know what I mean? And right on. It was really it was really hard. To see him go because it's another guy who was on my walls as a kid and then fuck you know yeah just man. gone uh, crazy man i was actually driving um on the way to corpus because um yeah on on the 20th because um my aunt's husband had actually passed away on the 17th so it was going to be his funeral and so I was heading up there, and I had the radio on, and then they announced the the passing of Chester Bennington. So like it was already like a pretty like sad, somber thing to be driving over there for 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 that. And then yeah. it just hit me harder. I was like, "That's there's no way. Like he's a young guy. Like that's not supposed to happen to people." Forty one. Yeah. You know. So I I I couldn't believe it. Is is there a, any other ones that kind of come to mind? Chris Cornell for me also because I I be later on in life as I got older I became a much bigger fan of uh, Soundgarden and really appreciated what they did but also I've always been a fan of Temple of the Dog mm, nice and so um, that one was was hard for me and then of course when Prince died a few years ago that was really rough because it's Prince man like y- y- we will never see that Icon. again yeah legend that 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 what he was was something that just kind of transcends you know the you know the stereotypic pop star you know right. there was something more to that 
and the passing of him was just like, wow, like what now? Who is going to fill these shoes? Who's going to be the next one? Nobody. Mm. Nobody's done it since him. Mm-mm. You know, you can make the argument, oh, well, Kanye or The Weeknd. That's totally different. Right, right. Like, they don't have that aura that Prince had. Right. Prince was huge, but, like, his talent was huge as well. Yeah. It was... um, I think one of the earliest ones that I can remember, uh, again, you know, we're pretty young getting into this style of music. And then for dave williams from drowning pool to pass away like i i cried when i heard about that because i was a big drowning pool fan luckily i had already seen him twice so that was cool but i was uh, at a couple of weeks after he his death i was supposed to see them at ausfest and so i was looking forward to that and then uh that was the first time i ever had to deal with like one of my superheroes dying you know so i was like what the fuck just a few years later dimebag and dimebag dimebag was another was another one that we were all kind of like shooken up about because that's right around the time that we really started to appreciate all forms of metal. And, um, you know, we had always been fans of Pantera, but then that's when we started actually playing guitar and stuff like that. And everybody knew Dimebag was the man, the the greatest metal guitarist probably of all time. Another one for me is Kyle Pavone from We Came As Romans. That's right. That one. That's that's a big band for you. Yeah. They're, they're easily one, you know, one of my top favorite bands of all time. That was crazy, man. Um, I was working at Verizon, hit the mall in Harlingen and I was just there refreshing my feed and the first thing I saw on Instagram was we came as Roman's posts about Kyle passing I was just whoa man I was frozen I was frozen dude even like I was crying and like and even my boss came in he's like dude you need to go home like blah blah blah. and I was just like no (laughs) I don't know what it was whatever pride whatever you want to call it but I was like no 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 like I'm okay like this hurts like a bitch, but yo, I need I need this money. But um, I mean, it was, and that's a band that you kind of grew up with in your teens too. That hadn't oh, been yeah. around for you know ten yeah, years or whatever. That, that band has done so much for me growing up. Like the first time I ever like experienced like depression and like sad shit going on in my life, we came as Romans was the band that like like Got saved me in a way, you know. And like because their lyrics are so positive and. You know, if anything, that's what kind of inspired they their lyrics and their positive message, kind of like 311, mm-hmm. uh, inspired my band, you know, inspired And the Hero Prevails to kind of go that yeah. route with our message. And But man, yeah, and I even got to sing on stage with We Came As Romans a few times, you know, right next to Kyle. And like, I've hung out with, you know, hung out with that guy. And it was just, we weren't close or anything, but... But it's, it meant a lot to you. To your hero. Yeah, for sure. You know, him and the, just that whole band, man, just the way they, they've been with me, how cool they've been with me. And then like, when that happened, man, I was just like... Yeah. yeah, I was taken back big time on that one. So, Remember when, uh, you know, same thing like when Mitch Lucker died, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's probably like the first big one for like the deathcore scene. That was, dude, I felt so sad because the Black Crown, you know, was out and that album ruled. So good. And I was like, man, these guys are going to blow are up. Are going to be the biggest fucking band. And then, you know, we never really got to see what would become, you know? I don't get me wrong, I like Eddie on in Suicide Silence, but Mitch was Mitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's no easy way to transition. So I think we should just have a toast to all the fallen uh, musicians, heroes of our childhood and past. This one is for them. Cheers. Cheers. 
on a lighter note, uh, I want to shift the focus back to Troy, to your band, uh, because you guys are just coming off uh, a big show opening up for 10 years in San Antonio uh, just a few weeks ago. So how, how was that whole experience? It was awesome, man. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, it was. It's always a rush, man. Uh, we worked with uh, the promoter. His name's Alfred. Shout out Alfred. If anything, uh, we'd been working with him, trying to get, or he had been trying to get us up there to open up for a band that he had booked. Uh, he actually ended up booking us for Hoobastank mm-hmm. when Hoobastank was supposed to roll through, I think 2018, 2019. I don't remember one one of those years. And uh, we got on, man. We got on that flyer. And, uh, well, anyways, eventually Hoobastank ended up canceling their tour. What was the reason? Why were they running away? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done. done. I love love Hoobastank, (laughs) man. Uh, Top five bands. Um, Anyways, uh, so then COVID hits... And then I guess, you know, uh, shows start coming back and then, you know, bands are going on tour and stuff. And 10 years was booked by Alfred and uh, he actually messaged me and was like, hey, man, I got a band 10 years coming. Y'all want to open? It's like, holy crap. Like, dude, yeah, let's do it. And um, it blows my mind, dude, because I mean, like I like I mean, I like 10 years first two albums, you know, and I have them. I haven't really listened to anything after that, but that's a band that I saw play with corn and mudvayne nice so i mean like it blows my mind that you know like like you know you guys have to open up for that band you know and i remember seeing them play with like bands that i grew up listening you know right. like corn and mudvayne and and they they're a great fucking band too so when i heard y'all were opening up for 10 years I was like that is fucking Dude, killer man. it was crazy man the crowd was awesome man the, the promoter said there must have been uh, at, at the time there was at least you know a little over 300 people there mm-hmm. um so i was really cool you know Made a lot of new fans, you know, uh, sold merch and stuff after. It was just good, man. Good vibes. It was, uh, there's always something that happens uh, whenever we're playing a bigger show. Mm-hmm. Like for the Offspring show that when we opened for the Offspring, our set list was one track, right? A whole hour set. Mm-hmm. And in there was a hiccup on one of the clicks. And every time we kept practicing, um, we kept getting thrown off and we couldn't figure it out literally 30 minutes before we go up i'm there on my laptop trying to figure out where it is where what it was there was a short it was uh you know it was a click of four but it just clicked three on for some reason Mm -hmm. so i had to go in there and manually do it and export the track all before the show all right before the show man and it was like whoo and we played the set and then oh my gosh so basically, yeah. So the ten years show is, is there, right? We're happening. We're we're getting ready. I take the box of merch in there. It feels badass. We're we're there early. You know, they're doing their meet and greet ten years, and we're setting up. And then JJ, uh, who's filling in on drums for us right now, uh, he was like, "Hey, bro, do you have a dongle?" And I'm like, oh, "Like for your iPhone?" And <laughs> as soon as he asked me, I already knew that I was going to ha- be the one to go to Walmart <laughs> and go buy it. And sure enough, yes, uh, uh, you know, we were like, well, can my wife go get it? Can somebody else go get it? And I was like, you know what? Let me go get it. I freaking haul ass to Walmart, get a dongle. I buy the wrong one. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I buy the. So, yeah, it goes into the iPhone, but it was the the jack out or whatever. 
anyways, I needed the one with the hole. And so I bought the dang, the first one, I got to the car, like, yeah, all right, we got to go. I was like, you know what, this looks wrong. So I called JJ, and he's like, no, it's the other one. So I run back into Walmart. I'm wasting my wind, right, because I have a 20, 30-minute set to play. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but the uh, that's just something crazy, you know, adventurous. It, it tends to always happen. Without fail, more times than not, something like that's going to happen, and you have to do that. Even when you think you're prepared, you're not. You're not. Exactly. God bless it. And that's as soon as I got back, they were like, hey, they called me as soon as I parked. Hey, man, we need you for sound check now. Do you have that dongle? I'm like, yes, I'm running in right now. Let's go. My gosh, dude. It's... It's so stressful. Yes, but I, I love it at the same time. It's that... Uh, Afterwards, you forget about it. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's cool. And, you know, the, from the video on YouTube that I saw of y'all set, the crowd was really receptive. Y'all did a great job. Was that and one of your first shows thank you, back? Man. That, that was our, our first show yeah. back oh, wow. as a band uh, for, I guess, a year, almost a year and a half. That's crazy. It was. Dude, I was shaking up there. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't, like... I was shaking. Yeah, just, it was weird. You know, it's, it's just the rust, man, trying to get it off. And yeah, then, you know, shaking it off. Uh, so you guys, uh, as you mentioned, you guys are a band that have opened up for many uh, big national acts, uh, such as uh, Deftones, Puddle of Mud, The Offspring, Upon a Burning Body, Orgy, Ten <laughs> Years. Do I need to keep going? Orgy. Uh, Orgy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I guess what is it like to open up for all these bands that you grew up listening to? And then the follow-up question is like, do you ever like fanboy out like when you see them at the venue? Um, yeah, it's a the I guess the one word that to describe it all is it's a rush, man. It's mm -hmm. it's crazy. I remember like I remember listening to Upon a Burning Body uh back when their first album dropped, 2010, I guess, or eleven, one of those years. And then, I mean, I would have never thought that, like, my band is going to be opening up for them. Like, what? It was a trip, man. Um, and then I remember having, like, uh, I remember buying The Offspring's Greatest Hits when mm -hmm. that dropped. Mm -hmm. And I had that thing on repeat forever, dude. I had, I man, I wore that CD out. It was the CD. It was, it was the dual disc. And had the DVD on the back, and had the music videos, and I like, and I had always heard all these Offspring songs, and I hate to be a fake fan, but I never really got into any of their albums, but their greatest hits, and uh, just I don't know, man. But you know, think about it, this man is like when I found out y'all were opening for them, like direct support, I was like, fuck yes, that is awesome, because I think sometimes man. I think sometimes people forget how. Um, much of a cultural impact the offspring had in the 90s and early 2000s they were humongous they dude you could not turn on the radio without hearing an offspring song but not only that they were in movie soundtracks oh, oh, i mean yes. i'm sure they were in fucking american pie i mean <laughs> i mean that band was so fucking big i mean this is a band who played woodstock 99 wow I, I mean, did not realize that. And, wow. you know, you, this is a band that played Woodstock 99, and you played right before they did, dude. Like, that is fucking nuts, man. And one, oh, man. So, like, thank you, man. Thank you. And, but, <laughs> uh, dude, I didn't, so, like, we didn't get to meet the offspring, and that's cool, right? All the green rooms in the back were all taken by their them and their crew. Mm -hmm. We didn't get a single room, which is cool, right? We're super happy to even just be there, man. And we played for over 2,500 people. It was crazy. Uh, but the next day, I tweeted at Noodles, a uh, mm. guitar player. I said, hey, man, we, um, my band and I, we just opened up for y'all um, at South Padre. 
and and we had a blast. Basically, I was just like, thank you all for having us. You mm-hmm. know, thank you all, thank you all's management for approving our band. You know, mm-hmm. to to open. And he w- and he replied, dude, like saying, dude, we were watching y'all from backstage. Y'all killed it or something like that. And I was just I, like floored, I had, man. I had several people. I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass. <laughs> I had several people tell me who went to that show that you guys outdid the offspring oh god so i mean not just one person but several people told me that and i was like wow like that is a pretty big deal Damn. so i mean we're young we got a lot of energy hey man but if but if you're like if you're in a band like that i mean you got to be ready to bring it too i was you know? crazy man uh, i i know you're you're a very humble guy, so allow us to blow smoke up your ass for <laughs> just a second. Because no, it's true. Um, you guys are well rehearsed and ready to open up for any big band at a moment's notice. I feel like if I told you, like, "Hey, can you open up for insert this band tomorrow?" You guys would be ready, and you, it, and you would kill it. Have the set ready. Nice. You would know exactly how to uh, um, to 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 perform for a big crowd or a small crowd so like my wife likes your band more than my band oh god dude that's that's a, that, that, that's 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 a fact <laughs> I'm sorry, she's pretty man. much she's told that to me oh god so but, uh, yeah that, i was just saying i'm like yeah they're fucking great <laughs> uh, a few years Thank back you, like we got you guys to play for our ep release show i think it was the nervous Shrek ep release show at cnl ray and um i was always very impressed about like your guys initiative because i mean um anybody who knows our band you know we're 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 called fiends so obviously we're going to be a dark band or whatever Mm. and so you guys dressed up all in white and like the i don't know if it was a conscious effort but like it was a nice contrast to our band because you guys were playing right before us which i did intentionally because i wanted that con that contrast between our bands and so not only was it a a a contrast in styles of music but a style in contrast in look which is very important to us so i was like very impressed that you guys did that on your own we never had a conversation about this but our our fans the people who went you know to go see us they came out of that show being like i really liked the band that played before you guys yeah or they'd be you know my coworkers would be like who's that backstreet boys looking band that played before <laughs> they were really good we've gotten that yeah. plenty from Dude. wearing all white yeah yeah I've, i had a several friends who went to go watch us that night they were like hey that band that played before y'all they were fucking awesome like yeah dude check them out they've got a bunch of music they're really really good and so like yeah, I mean, you guys are doing something right. Thanks, man. <laughs> People who, you know, don't go to shows, who only went to go see our band, came out of that liking your band. So, I mean, nice. yeah, it's like you said. like Yeah, I was like, what about my band, though, bro? Oh, hey, I got to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all killed it that night, by the way. I saw y'all set. Yeah, Cheers. thanks, y'all thanks, killed it thanks but it's always hard going after after y'all. But I like that, too. I, I like it, it, it motivates me. Yeah. yeah, I like to play. Like, yeah, so it works. Nice. Uh, so one of the reasons Troy's is... You said the reason. What? <laughs> play it again right here. I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> like creatures. I'm 
my favorite is the uh, Avenged Sevenfold one. The Shreds. Have you seen that one? It's like a local one. band covering Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that was like one of the first like viral videos I saw like of the YouTube days early Dude, on. Dude, yes, oh, it reminds so me of high good. school. That reminds yeah. me of high school for sure. How do I say this without saying the reason? I just the, purpose. the purpose. So what? <laughs> so Troy's Troy is here. Um, just keep going. I wish I could be the who uh, One of the reasons Troy is here is because uh, And The Hero Prevails is looking for their next drummer. And this is probably very strange territory for you because, I mean, you guys really haven't had to do too many lineup changes, especially in the last few years. You guys, guys have kind of been like a set uh, four-piece, five-piece yeah. uh, for the longest time. So um, going forward looking for a new drummer what are some of the things that you are looking for uh in in a drummer um gosh uh an open mind you know mm-hmm. um and just honestly just open to anything uh i guess because our music can really just be can go from one spectrum to the other we can sound a little bit like a metal band in some parts of our songs and then we can sound a whole lot like a punk band in some of our songs and so uh yeah, I guess you know somebody. Uh, how do I put it? Uh, you got to be versatile. Versatile, yeah. And uh, Re- reliable. You, reliable. Dep- because as, sure. as I mentioned, you guys are ready to go. You guys have plans to, you know, ambitions to open up for big bands, to to get signed, to kind of really chase. You know, yeah. This yeah. band somebody is looking wants- for confident members. Not somebody who's afraid to play drums because you need somebody who's going to look and play the part because everybody in your band brings it. So you cannot be the weak link of this band there. Okay, I did it for you. All right, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody wanted to audition for And the Hero Prevails, uh, mm. how would they reach out to you? Dude, message me or message the band uh, on Instagram at And the Hero Prevails uh message us wherever message one of the members if you know any of them personally me or zach or eric or jeff these are yeah. very very friendly guys so I mean, yeah they're they're not they're, gonna be, not gonna be mean to you <laughs> so just I mean, do it just if you think you're a good drummer and have what it takes and want to be in the band just give it a shot i don't know just, just do it just, just do, do it. it all right do it do it Alright. Let's go ahead and listen to Samantha Hero Prevails. The song is called Nine Five Sick. And on the other end of the song, we're gonna talk uh, more with Troy and get to know him a little better. So we'll be right back with more of the Fiends Podcast.
song is 956. That's And the Hero Prevails. And I actually wanted to ask you specifically about that song. Uh, uh, mainly the, the lyrics in that song. So you have the line, uh, forfeit your name. It's a shame you ever get to play the game. Obviously, this is an homage to Linkin Park, yeah. right? Okay, good. <laughs> Definitely. I was, Definitely. Now, I wrote that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought you were going to be like, no. Who? Like, points of authority. What's that? <laughs> Track four off Hybrid Theory? What's that? (laughs) I only bring it up because I've caught Nick doing the same things, whether it's like lyrics or like song titles. There'll be like references to bands we grew up listening to. And so I was just like, is that a conscious effort? Like just, you know, like showing some love to to all the people that you grew up listening to. Like uh, as far as lyrics that come out? Yeah, like, like, is like that, that one. In, in do, you, do you try to do that every uh, once in a while? That happens every once in a while, for sure, for sure. And I'm sure it, it, it probably, you know, it's probably intentional, but it's probably unintentionally sometimes too. Yeah, it's happened for sure, and especially on nine five six. Um, it was from the jump. It was you know forfeit your name, and like even like I didn't even have anything else after that. Like I just had that, and I was just like, I gotta say this. Yeah, I just have to. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Like it's like if you know, you know. And, you know, like, especially like that band, um, uh-huh. because a lot of people, again, that's another band where some people, you know, like us, we jumped in and like hybrid theory, but then there's people who jumped in on Meteor and there's people who jumped in, you Minutes know, to midnight fucking yeah. transformers. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I new mean, divide still trans- one of the greatest songs of all <laughs> Those time. Those are great songs. Dude, I still think one of their top three songs of all time is the catalyst. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, that song is so good. God bless us, everyone. Right? Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> man, <laughs> you know, just like... That whole uh, album, man. That whole album just pops a, What's off. that one song? Um, to save face. How low will you go? go? Talk, Talk a lot, lot of shit, but then you, you know, don't know. Wretches yeah. um, and kings. Wretches and kings. Wretches and kings. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's I mean, a good. we we have a good <laughs> friend that he's he's always talking about the later catalog of Lincoln Park right more on. than the early. He loves the early ones, but he's talking about like oh, like the the later albums, how good they are, and that made me want to go check out some of those albums. I'm like, yeah, I, he was I, right. They're good. I loved their last album. I thought it was really great, and the one before it was good too. Mm-hmm. I liked the hunting party. That one, yeah, oh, the hunting party was, was really, really good. That is, great album. That, that song with Paige Hamilton. Yeah, it was super good. That it sounded like a helmet song. Blew super good. Me away, well, that bro. song with Darren Malenkin is pretty good too. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that album was tight, man. I remember when that shit came out. Um, I like what you said about how versatile your band is, where you can go from one extreme to another. And I've always tried. I think about your band a lot because I always try to think. These guys don't fit in anywhere, like, set. You know what I mean? They don't fit anywhere directly, which is a great thing. Thanks to these guys right here. 311, yeah. I love 311, too. Yeah. What's the Flowing is my favorite song. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway. That's one of that. That's a great song. <laughs> that's a oh, great yeah. song. So, anyway. Give me chills. I always think about, like, who do y'all remind me of? Because it's so hard to pinpoint anybody. The closest band that I can think that y'all remind me of, and, and hear me out, is Papa Roach. Papa and, Roach, and, let's and, go. And the reason being is because Papa Roach changed so much from where they began to where they are now. It's like they play like, you know, what's the what's that one song that came out a couple years ago? Um, 
Born for Greatness. You know, that's a total end to hear a Prevail song. But then, <laughs> nice. like, they go and play, like, other songs, like, like have gent riffs, which is, you know, like you guys do. So, I mean, it's really cool that you guys have found somewhere where, yeah, you go from one extreme to another, but it makes sense. And it works. Nice. So I think that's another reason why y'all are so successful because you're you're a good gateway band, and you can kind of bridge that gap between metal, hard rock, you know, punk, a little bit of the metal core. Like there's something for, for everybody. your casual, the rock casual listener. radio rock fans. Like, right. like there's a lot of that. So I mean, it's a good crossover. So um, I'm, yeah. I mean, you guys found a formula that works, and I don't think that y'all have hit your peak yet. So I think Thanks, I think I think it's. I, be great. I from the start it was always like like I never wanted any limits. You know, you and, shouldn't. And like being into three eleven and bands like hybrid bands, you mm-hmm. know, Limp Bizkit and and Lincoln Park and stuff like that, which we as a band have have only barely touched on a little bit of rapping in in our mm-hmm. music. You know, but like yeah, I just think just just combining so many different sounds I was raised on and making sure you know i would go into okay well this is going to be this is going to be a, a more punkish song you know mm-hmm. this is going to be a more metal song it's like well screw it like let's do it let's like, do it i mean it's still going to be us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure and then i got to give it you know i got to give it up to the rest of the guys and you know and zach and and eric and jeff because all you know jeff is a straight up punk kid mm-hmm. eric is a straight up metalhead, and it's just like we all come to you know what i'm saying we all come together and, and zach just, has lovely hair he sure Great does. He, he looks, looks like, like a lion. A lion. <laughs> like if there's a live action like play of Beauty and the Beast, hire Zach. Hire Zach. All right. Please. Don't even like just let him as he it's is be idea. the beast, the sexy beast. <laughs> he is. Yeah. All right. Cheers for Zach. Cheers, Cheers to you, Zach. Zach. Shout out. Uh, we've seen, I guess, in in especially more in in recent years where there was like a shift where like you all started incorporating a little more heavier aspects to songs because you guys start off like very just like like a rock alternative band yeah Yeah. like like when i think about you guys like when i first saw y'all back in like 2010 2011 it was like a fun kind of happy-go-lucky rock thing you know and yeah i don't mean that in a negative way i mean that's y'all were just happy to play in rock yeah but then that clearly changed a few years later and then now here we are today so it's funny, yeah. Like, like heavier elements, like is mm-hmm. was that some of your influence? Because you know, you you said that you were really into bands like We Came as Romans and that those styles of bands. Were you kind of pushing for that? Yeah, you know what? I I have to give it to Issues' first EP. holy shit like this is popping and like yeah and it it definitely was conscious we wanted to get heavier Mm -hmm. you know like i said eric is a big metal head and it's just like we we kind of always knew we wanted to get heavier um but still keep that you know roaring choruses and you know strong vocals all over and um and really i guess just mesh up everything that we've been into sure you know um like Eric is into a lot of that gent stuff and yeah. and, and stuff like that, and me like I'm into I'm I'm definitely into some hardcore stuff, you know, like We Came as Romans, like you said, and I'm really don't listen to much metal. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I love a lot of the rock stuff, like how we sounded back in the day. Yeah, you know, Hoobastank and Incubus and stuff like that was like the main you know influence mm-hmm. for like the first couple albums, and then 
And then, yeah, we just kind of, it was definitely a, it wasn't like a forced, like, hey, we got to get heavier, you know. It was, yeah. it was definitely something that we just all kind of, you know. It was, or, it was organic. Yeah, exactly. The word no one wants to use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, we flew out to Seattle to do Nation of Assidia, that, that EP. And that EP is where we definitely got heavier, you mm-hmm. know. With my deepest dream and Spartan's Creed, Franz, right? Franz is on that EP, most definitely, man. And we got Garrett Rapp from the Color Morale on that EP as well. And what we recorded with Ty and Sky from Issues. Um, so you, so know, you were you were in good company, definitely, definitely. When did you guys start? Like what year? Ah, uh, oh nine. Okay, oh nine so- is when I met up with some friends in the back of my house. You know. Like, hey, let's do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cool. by the way, uh, Troy has been very good at like archiving a lot of these old footage from 2009, <laughs> 2010. He would like record everything. So, I mean, one of the videos that, that I wanted to bring up is you guys playing in talent show in La Feria, uh, probably 2009, probably 2010. Yeah. And um, are, you pro- are you the only OG member in the band right now? Um, yeah. Like basically crazy yeah. um because you know, I, the other I'd guys like would to, join in and like few years or right. like a year later i mean I, w- I would say like i guess i would say zach is definitely very og just because i knew him we since we were growing up we played like basketball together you know super young and well we had a bass player um you know for about, just a handful you know of months funny really. about zach is that even like when he was like a teenager he dressed like he was in a band Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely. Like, he's he always trying to look yeah, like like, he, like a rock star. He always yes. looked like he was in a band. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I get right it. On. Right on. Right on. Um, I, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but um, I remember I my first day of like college at like TSCC, I had like a media tech class, photography class, and I walk in, I don't know anybody, and one of the first guys I see is Zach. In this photography, I'm like, who is this Chad Kroger-looking motherfucker in this class? <laughs> he had the long hair. He had the chains. He was just like, like, looked like he was ready to in, play a gig. Dude, nice. in, a, in, a, in a photography class, was yeah. he like, look at this photograph? <laughs> wow. Zach has always been a vibe. Always been dressing the dude, vibe, he's such bringing a, the vibe. Such for a sure. cool fucking guy. Super uh, nice guy. Definitely. It's like he, yeah, he looked like he was ready to play a gig, and I was like, it's 11 a.m. <laughs> it's not even noon yet. <laughs> he Why probably, are you dressed like this? He probably was gonna play his show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in he was in a conjunto band. He was before the, yeah. ATHP, and he, they were they were gigging hard. Like those parties, bands, those like, bands do. Quinceañeras, weddings, yeah, fucking whatever yeah. every weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, so again, um, first impressions. Mm. Um, I distinctly remember because we started in like mid '08. So I mean, we only got like six months over you. But um, <laughs> I remember like 2010. Like is where I first heard you guys. Actually, I think the first time I ever saw you guys was play at, at a Carmesa in La Feria. And um, wow. because I was living in La Feria, so like my family, we went and there's a band playing. And I, the first thing that caught my attention is like, these are all young guys. These are like, who are these young kids playing? <laughs> and then you all were playing. Uh, I, you all played uh, the, the, the zombie cover. Oh, wow. And that was like the first thing I, I was like, oh, because I think the, the Miser song had come out like the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually loved that cover. Nice. It was good. I was like, who is this? 
18-year-old, 19-year-old kid who sounds like he's 30 in an alternative band, soulful, <laughs> like strong, powerful voice. Because your voice, even back then, was, I feel like, like, yeah, you sounded very mature. And you've never lost it. So that's the cool thing is that you've been able to maintain it. So you were good back then. You're you're great now. You're even better now. So I was like, man, who is this band? And then, you know, you, you all had a very good following, a very supportive family and friends. And so, yeah, you know, man. I always saw what you guys were doing. I was always like very impressed. I was like, man, who it's are these hard, kids? It's hard to not be impressed. You know, like... I don't want people to think that we just bring bands on here to just kiss their ass, but we really are impressed with everybody that we've interviewed, and we're especially impressed with your band, man. Like you guys are just so good, and we've I've, we've told Zach and you this like at shows, like we just are so happy and thrilled to get to play with you guys because I think people don't really understand sometimes how good the talent is down here in the RGV, right? On, and man. so it's really cool to play bands with you guys because you guys have always just brought it. Or you guys are consistent. You guys definitely practice and know your shit. So, I mean, that goes a long way. So, I mean, like, it's really cool for us to, like, talk to bands like you all and, like, pick your brains about things. Um, but we've always been really impressed. And, like, you know, Thank I can't you, say man. enough good things. That means that means a lot, man. Thank you guys so and, much. And your band goes back, like I said, it goes back to the 2009-2010 era. So mm -hmm. we've played with your band, you know, many times. We're on, like, similar bills. But what I wanted to ask you is what is it like to be your band that's a mixture of all these different styles not too heavy not too soft you're somewhere in the middle how what is it like playing in a scene that's dominated by heavy bands my heavier stuff uh i've always i don't know i guess is it a challenge like are you because you seem like you have a very good I feel attitude like i feel like at that at a certain point it started to become well we can play with whoever and we can still get the crowd excited, you know, even if they're there for bands who, you know, only scream. You know, we've been on so many bills where we're the only band that sings, you know, that has or clean that has clean vocals. And um, so, gosh, it's just it's fun to stick out. You know, I, I, it's 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 always fun because like like Nick says, we bring it, man. And, and mm -hmm. we 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 definitely want to bring it every single time. And I mean, like, it, dude, honestly, like we play with so many metal bands and you outstage a lot of the metal bands we play with. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, I mean, we owe a lot of the choreography, man. We owe a lot of it to We Came as Romans. Yeah. They they do a lot of that shit too, the the synchronized jumps it and the synchronized I mean, uh, uh, spins. Even Tech 9 when he performs on stage, like he's got choreography and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and it goes a long way, man. Like you don't you want to look professional. It's not amateur hour when we get up there. And so, yeah, like that's what's so cool about watching you guys play with like some heavy bands sometimes. I'm like like I'll watch a good like heavy band. I'm like, okay, well now I'm the hero of Ailes is gonna come up and show everybody, like how it's I guess that's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, and, and one of the things you said is thanks, man. Is because there's other bands that aren't like heavy that probably get frustrated, 
you know, and that probably, you know, might bitch and complain, you know, like, oh, it's just deathcore metal bands or whatever. But like what you're saying is like, yeah, no, we want to stick out for sure. You know, like that's we're using that to our advantage. And, you know, same thing for our band. Yeah, we're playing heavier, but we want to stick out from all the other bands. Like we, we already know we're not we're not going to be the heaviest band. We're not going to be the fastest band. You know, so what can we do to separate separate us mm-hmm. from from the pack? And so that's something that we've always tried to do. And um, yeah, that's a great attitude to have. Um, right on, man. So that's uh, what's up. This question is actually for the both of you, since I have you all here. Um, when it comes to like writing lyrics, like. Do you feel like there's a like general overall theme to like your lyrics or like the message you're trying to get across? Um gosh. So man, I guess just like betterment uh in in just our lives, our everyday lives. A lot of the stuff comes from experiences that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um especially like our, our newer songs that we that aren't released yet. Um they're a lot darker and they deal with darker things that I've gone through in my life. Um I don't know, man. I, just songs of like, you know, songs of I guess to sound as corny as hell songs of hope in a way songs that that just want you know i i I have i have some friends who will be like yo i'm at the gym listening to athp it's the only thing i can listen to at the gym type of thing i've had a few friends tell me that and um and i got a feeling you know uh you know just a positive message you know you know like hold on now it's not the end type of thing you know one of our lyrics and um I don't know, just chasing that, chasing that, uh, that dream and going for it, you know, mm-hmm. um, gosh, but I mean, as, as far as an overall theme, you know, I guess hope and, and just, uh, just a positive vibe, man, a positive message that people can relate to. Like we even have, um, we have a song called, I love you more, uh, that's not been released yet. And that is about, uh, Zach's sister who passed away in, in 2017, um, and that song is super, you know, emotional, heartfelt. And it's just like, you know, the opening lyric is, you know, it's been such a gift to witness the years you were given, no matter the trial or limit, uh, no matter the trial or limit, you couldn't help but smile and live it, you mm-hmm. know? And um, just, I guess, you know, on the flip side of, of uh, bad vibes. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's Lots true. of good vibes, man. We you know? need bands like that. And I only ask that because there's a lot of bands where... You ask them that same question and they can't tell you that. Like your guys, like that's what I get from it. And I've always gotten that from from your band. Nice. Just positivity. I mean, you can write songs about different stuff, but at the end of the day, uh-huh. that's that's the vibe that you're carrying with you. And there's 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 bands where and we see it in like heavier bands, deathcore bands or just heavy bands where they're writing this stuff and like it's like, Do you even know what this song is about? About, you know, dismembering people or just you know <laughs> fiction stuff right just like like what does this mean like what like is there any depth to this and um no but we need bands like that why can't you write songs like that nick because i'm not that much of a positive person <laughs> nick writes great songs no, you know what uh, but same question like do you feel there's like a general like i do thing? think so i mean of course with the witch house ep which we've already talked about 
it was kind of more horror based but like I, I always put my own twist on every song and most of my songs are just about dealing with my own internal conflicts for lack of a better term whether that be with dealing with my own um my own temptations for things and um my frustrations with certain things and people um you're venting i'm venting essentially and that's where i feel better by doing it with my songs and then i leave it at that and i go on and have a good day and whether somebody relates to that or not i don't really care I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's my song. It's what I do for you, for me. And yeah. so I'm not writing songs for specific people. I mean, if somebody gets something out of it, great. I'm glad. But at the same time, it's not like I'm going out there trying to specifically help people. And I don't mean this in a bad way because I like what you do. But I mean, for me, it's I need to the the best writing that I can do has to come from within how I feel on certain things. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would say that this, the theme is just dealing with my own personal issues about things. And, you know, they come, they kind of, they come off in the songs, you know, uh, I, at least I think so. And, and in the same way that he's saying, like, is, well, on the flip side, like, yeah, you need that because you're being negative, but in being negative, you get it out. And that in turn becomes a, a positive, positive thing. thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't carry that with you. So, I mean, like, we all and I've, and I've had this conversation with Larry, like, it's getting harder to write songs because I'm not that mad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 you know what? Like, I, I've, changed, I, I've changed my ways. Like, it's like you I'm know, married, I have a kid. I, I what finally, I about? I finally have found, like, where I feel i need to be in the world nice and i feel at peace so it's getting so hard to write fiend songs i'm like like man this was so easy when i was pissed off all the time (laughs) (laughs) um okay so is another question for the both of you um how important is it to be a good front man and like what like what is like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish with that, if anything? Like, why is that important to be larger than life? Like, why? what, the importance of leading or being the I'm front being man? Front the man. importance of being in a front man, but, like, a front man who is a front man. Like, someone who right. you keep eyes on the stage. For sure. On you. Like, For is there sure. part of you that, that, you know, hopes that maybe you can inspire, like, maybe that younger person to want to do what you did watching the bands that you love? Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I mean, definitely, man. I, I've learned a whole lot uh, being a front man from watching other front men. Um, I mean, you know, from Fred Durst to Nick Hexum from 311. Um, you know, uh, like we were talking about earlier about Papa Roach, mm-hmm. you know, Jacoby is a beast of a front man. And, and I just, I mean, I've been singing since I was a kid and then eventually I got really into bands, 311 being one of the first bands. Um, and golly, man, it's just something, something about it, you know, being in a band and being in front of crowds and just controlling that crowd and, and yeah, like you said, I, you know, I I would love to be an inspiration to people, you know, that's not like my main goal or, you know, um, but like it's going to, you know, it happens, you know, inevitably by being the front man or, or whatever. But um, like Nick was saying, I, I, I love to bring it, man. Mm-hmm. I, I want to have fun. Like, like this is my one shot at life and like I'm going to go all out. I mean, 
you know what I'm saying? I've found, I feel like I've found, you know, my purpose, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've created this monster. Um, and yeah, man, ready to take it around the world. I want to, I want to meet fans who can't even speak English. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I want that for sure. You want to go to Tokyo and just have all the girls out there, like outside your hotel room with posters of you. And you're like, Hey, wait, I'm married. <laughs> for sure. I guess for me, it's like, um, you know, dude, all three of us grew up in an age where people knew the vocalists for these bands. I mean, think about it. We had Corey Taylor. We had Fred Durst. We had Jonathan Davis. Legends. Um, you know? All of them. Yeah. I mean, these were guys who... Chino. Chino, dude. Chino even today. Yeah. Like, you watch these guys live, and there's just something about them that draws the audience to them. And that's just something that, you know, I guess was just kind of ingrained in us, where... I feel like it's something that I have to do because the bands I loved growing up had a front man who was able to command a crowd, keep the eyes on the stage and on them, and that in itself makes for a better show. And so I guess I guess for me it's important. Um, the importance of being a front man is to keep the attention on the band. Right on. You have to do everything you can to keep people watching the show and commanding the crowd because you don't want to start watching people lose interest in the band. That's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen regardless. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you can keep the majority of people watching, then your band only gets better, gets more, you know, fame, gets more people to come check you all out for the next shows. Mm -hmm. So that's the importance, I guess, in my opinion, of being a front man. Because you have to do everything you can to keep eyes on you and keep people coming back. So it's important. Nobody, like I, I've said this on several episodes already. You don't want to be the guy screaming at the crowd standing in one spot because nobody's going to believe you. No, mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're kind of nearing the end of this. But um, one of the things I wanted to touch uh, on is... You, your guys' connection, and you specifically, like with, with the fans, with with the people that 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 rep your band. I mean, I just today I saw a video on YouTube of, um, you know, one of your fans, and you send him a, a, um, a box of merch, a T-shirt, a, a poster, a CD, and he's doing a review of of all the stuff that you sent him. And he was just so like gracious because. Not because you sent him stuff, but also the interaction that he had with you. And he, he was just going on about, like, you know, how, what a cool guy you were. And, and, you know, go check out his band. And they're really nice guys and blah, blah, blah. So, like. Badass, man. That's and, awesome. And, and, of course, we've all, we all, by, at this point, we all know the the, the famous Benavides family who <laughs> reps every band. Hell, yeah. You know, uh, cool. in the Valley. Benavides great great, family, great people. Great people. Great, nice people. Shout um, out to them. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, you guys surprise their family with an acoustic performance, right? I've yeah. seen you guys play a full band set for somebody's birthday at their house or somebody's house in yeah. their garage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, that relationship with your fans is very important to you guys. For sure, man. For sure. Grateful to, so grateful that, that people even listen to our freaking music. There's definitely some times where I'm just like, sometimes I can get down, man. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm ready to tour the world type of mm-hmm. thing. You know, I want our numbers to be up type of thing. And it's like, you know what? I, I have to, 
Uh, and I'll let the guys know sometimes, like, you know, my frustrations, because, you know, as a band, we like to not bottle things up. You mm-hmm. know, if we if we got something on our mind, you know, even if even if nobody wants to hear it, like, you know, we got to Im- let it out. And- it's important because if you bottle it up, it comes back even nastier somewhere down the line. Yep. We, we, that's happened to us. Right on. <laughs> right on. Um, what were we talking about? I don't know, just your fa- your your fans, <laughs> the fans, man. man. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, man, I'm so, I'm so grateful that people even listen. And and dude, yes, we have some very dedicated fans. Um, uh, you know, in different different parts of the country. And um, I think the guy you're talking about might be my friend Dean. I believe so. Uh, Dean Chili Dean from yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, he's, he's from Washington, man. Th- that's and, cool. Like it's like, crazy to see like how far your music can travel. Like once you put it out there, like there's no limit of like where it, where it ends up. Right. Yeah. Right, but, man. Like we had somebody from overseas like do a reaction video to our song yeah. "Buried." And I was like, what the fuck? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> that's and, cool, like, man. But like he was so into it. I'm like, wow, okay. I could quit tomorrow and I'd be satisfied. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's awesome, dude. So as a treat for for fans of uh, And the Hero Prevails, uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to uh, play a song. Um, I don't know if you all have released it, but I, I don't think... Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> premiere of... Uh, a song called The Decision. And maybe you can give people a little history lesson on, on this song because, For uh, sure. I mean, this is a song that goes back. Yeah, we we recorded and dropped this song uh, on our second album, Take Your Stand, in 2012. Um song called The Decision. And uh, maybe a couple, two, three years ago, we started, uh, we started tracking select songs, um, old songs, to do acoustic, to, we're, we're, slowly but surely putting together a little acoustic ep um and so we have like forever long uh reimagined it's like an acoustic real vibey type thing and then uh the decision we came we came across the decision and the the production on it is by a good friend our good friend robbie robbie reyna uh and uh, he killed it on the, the on the production um and yeah man this is it's like a very cinematic feel it's like a just a reimagined slowed slowed version of our old song uh the decision so what is old is new again so that's we're gonna be they're gonna be playing us out of this episode uh so i actually have one more question for you last question let's do it um will you come back to do the hybrid theory versus meteor episode yes okay there (laughs) we have it recorded he has to come back that's a no-brainer Oh my gosh! Wait, we can, I already know what I'm picking. Wait, don't tell us. Okay, <laughs> okay, he's coming back for that one. Uh, so for Troy, Nick, and myself, this has been the Fiends Podcast. We'll see you next week. Later. Peace. Find the time. Find the reasons why. Just don't
supposed to do Just here to help 